On the phone today with Chris Wavra of Red Lake Falls, Minnesota. And hello, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Despite the little bit of snow we have. Well, I wasn't <laughs> going to mention the snow, Chris, but since you brought it up, is it <laughs> is it snowing in Red Lake Falls? <laughs> uh, actually, I'm in Thief River Falls, and oh. it, it's more it's just misting here right now. Okay. So. Oh, you're in the big city than a TRF. Oh. Yes. Okay. But you are from Red Lake Falls, and yes. I believe, uh, I know, I have talked to your husband about his work with a chainsaw, and today we're not talking chainsaws, are we? No. No, today no. we're talking clay. Clay and pottery, that's your expertise. Now, before we dive into that, let's get a little background on you if we can. Would you care to share about uh, growing up, all that good stuff? Uh, yeah, I grew I grew up for the most part in Thief River Falls and um, went to school here. I've worked with the school district in town for 16 years, and for about the last seven years, I work at the Northwest Service Co-op, which is my day job, and we work with cities, counties, and school districts in the Northwest Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And um, working with with different types of art has always been something that's been close to my heart. So I've always I've always dabbled in in different things as far as whether it's clay or crochet or right. different forms of of art in my life, I guess. Okay. And Chris is a potter. Define that for me. What is a potter? Well, I I would define myself as a hobby potter. I started taking lessons from uh Ann Pearsall in Red Lake Falls about three years ago, three and a half mm-hmm. years ago. Okay. And I have a pottery wheel and actually worked with the Minnesota Arts Council to get a portable wheel so that when uh, my husband, who is a chainsaw carver, and I would go to shows and stuff, that we could take that portable wheel along um, and use it at shows. But that all hit about the time COVID did. Oh. So there have not been a lot. Well, there haven't yeah. been any shows since, yeah. since all of that. But we still have that that portable wheel to use, you know, with other people um, if somebody wanted to work on it and, and working in our our little home shop, which is great. And then I also do a lot of hand building with, with clay as well as, as work on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, these are fundamental questions I want to ask about your work within pottery. Uh, describe the wheel for listeners who don't know about pottery. What does it do? Uh, you can take a ball of clay, and the great thing is you can transform that ball of clay into um, mugs, bowls, vases. Uh, spins very fast, and you use your hands to form that clay, and mm-hmm. and it's and it's always fun to see what evolves out of that. That ball of clay, that have you, ball of mud. Have you ever measured the RPM in that wheel, how fast it goes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, but I know you can send things flying whether you <laughs> sometimes without intending to. Right. Now, what do you use as an aid in forming the clay as the wheel is spinning? Is it dry, wet? How does it work? It's it's Clay is wet. You use water and basically your hands. Um, mm-hmm. There are some wooden wooden tools that are are you can use to uh to guide the clay a little bit but majority of the work is done with your hands and, right. and a little bit of water or a sponge to to keep things fluid and moving right right so when you go on the wheel and you're using your clay you have an idea what you want to produce have you ever 
uh, used the uh, wheel and had no idea what you wanted to do and just kind of you know went for it and whatever happened happened. <laughs> As a hobby potter, that happens quite often. <laughs> Is that you you put that ball of clay on the wheel yeah. and you get that get it spinning and you hope that. <laughs> What your vision is in your mind comes with your hand because yeah. it doesn't always it doesn't always work that way. But right, right. that's that's where they where they say practice practice with clay. Sure, sure. Because you need to get that muscle memory to to be able to get things to work as you would. It, the videos make it look a lot easier than, or someone who is a professional make it look a lot easier than it is. Yeah. When you try it yourself. I hear you. So let's pretend I'm at the wheel, right, and I've got my uh, ball of clay, and I'm, you know, working that baby with water, and, and I'm trying to produce something I think I'm making, like, let's say, uh, a vase. And I'm realizing this is nowhere near a vase, or a vase, as some would say. Uh, can I just stop it and start over again? You can stop it, and you take a wire cutter, and you cut or a piece of wire, and you slice it off your wheel, and you can... Lay it out, let it dry out for a while, and then um, you can re-wedge it and okay. use it again. That's the nice thing about clay is that from a wet standpoint, you can reuse that clay many times. You right. might have to let it dry out a little bit after you've okay. had it on the wheel, but okay. you can reuse that clay. Even dry clay, you know, if you make something and it breaks or is damaged before it gets to the kiln and it is fired, you can you can reconstitute that clay with water. It's a process. Sure, sure. But it can be done. Okay, yes. so mistakes can be made and corrected that way. So what kind of clay do you use when you uh, create something? The clay that I use is stoneware. That I use, uh, you can get like a white-colored stoneware, or I, I really like like a speckled clay that when you fire it, it has magnesium in the clay, so it has little dark speckles in the clay, and I, I like the effect of that with mm, the glaze. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it makes it real interesting, and then just all the glazes too. Yeah. Are um, there's so many and, and textures with whether you there's so many different rollers and textures whether you use something from nature, flowers, pine cones, pine boughs you can press into the clay to get texture. Um, there's just a lot of every you look at everything as texture now. Right. When right. I'm in working with clay, there's just so many things you can can use. In your work in pottery and the clay, where do you buy your clay? Where do you get that source? For for this area, if you if it's this time of year when it's not going to freeze, you can order it online. But then you're paying shipping on right. on a fifty pound box of clay. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, the closest area to go is the cities. A bit really. So, wow. Yeah, there, wow. which is amazing. You would think there would be somewhere closer, but yeah. um, the closest I have been able to find clay is is down in the city so we'll make a run down there and load mm -hmm. up the car and and come back but you know like i said when it's nice out too you can you can order online and have it delivered but you just have to be careful that it's not going to freeze because if it freezes it that's a whole nother yeah. extra lot of work that you don't want to have to do right i see a business here chris's clay supply and and you can have your hubby yeah. deliver it, you know, when he's not cutting wood with his there chainsaw. He can go, go out and deliver clay. Yeah. Bounce yeah, that idea off of him, amazing. Chris. Yeah, see what he says about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah everything yeah. else that goes with it. Yeah, why not? Why not? All right. My guess again is Chris Walvra. Chris is from Red Lake Falls, Minnesota. My guest on the snowy Tuesday. And uh, your assistance in getting that wheel from the Arts Council 
Walk me through the process and how you achieved that, how you acquired that wheel. Well, I, my husband and I, have we, we've worked with the Minnesota Arts Council for the last several years, um, and I applied for a grant, for an individual grant through the Minnesota Arts Council. It was a very easy process, mm-hmm. and they accepted my, my grant and um, awarded me a grant to, to purchase a portable wheel, which was, what I, like I said, what I was looking for to use at shows and stuff, and so it was a great opportunity for them and for me to make to right. be able to purchase that wheel. Yeah, nice to have that support. All right, in your work now, describe some of the objects you've produced as a potter. Give us an idea of uh, the bigger and the smaller pieces. Um, I've done a lot of like bowls and mugs. I've done plates for um, that are impressed with leaves and different stuff like it's from out in nature, which I love. And um, I've done a few memorial pieces for, piece, for people that are personalized. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, I've done a lot. Of, I have an a outdoor um, big game outfitter out in Montana who I do mugs for with his logo. Really? So that's wow. kind, of a, kind of a fun project to uh, do personalized mugs for, for his uh, outfitter mm-hmm. um, mm. business. And then they use those in their hunting camp and as gifts for their hunters. So that's always kind of fun to know that those are going around the country. Yeah, the coffee always tastes better in a personalized mug or whatever else you're drinking, right? (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) Now, you talked about these personal gifts that you make. Uh, Do you have time to uh, work up something for folks, a a specialty gift done for someone? Uh, Yeah, occasionally I have. I, I do that. I've done personalized like for um, trays and stuff for wedding gifts that okay. are that are personalized with a date and names on them. Or uh-huh. um, yeah, I've done a couple memorial pieces, which okay. were vases that were personalized on the bottom of the vase as a memorial for someone who had passed. So sure. that was a special honor to be able to do that for somebody. Okay. And if folks are interested to find out more about what you do and provide, what can they do? I have a, well, I have a pottery room at the Klondike Carving, Joe's um, Carving Business. We have a room in, in, the, in the display area that has pottery in it. And uh, either there or, or through, my, through me on Facebook. Okay. So the Klondike now, for those who are not familiar with Red Lake Falls, that's a suburb <laughs> of... <laughs> of Red Lake Falls, right? Am I right on that one? <laughs> well, the Klondike Park area, but Joe's business, Joe's business is located next to the uh, the lumber yard in Red Lake Falls. Okay, all right. That so was, that was our COVID. That was a COVID project. We oh. bought a building in Red Lake Falls and remodeled it. Wow. And he moved his carving shop and display area to a larger location. So okay. That, it was a good. It was a great project for us. To do yeah. When we were, it's been a while since I talked to him, so uh, again, uh, find the Lumberyard, which is on the south end of the city, right? That's south of the uh, mall there? Right, yep, yeah. it's ma- okay. on Main Avenue South, okay. next to the Lumberyard. And for Facebook, how can folks get a hold of you? Just through Chris Wavra. Okay. Through my personal account. All right, C-H-R-I-S, and then Wavra's W-A-V-R-A. Well, we have time for one more question. This is just flying by on time. And uh, let's talk about something you mentioned earlier. You have your 
clay formed into what you want, and it goes into a kiln. Now, for those listening who don't know what the heck that is, describe that for me, what it does. The kiln is, is like an oven for baking the clay. And anytime we do anything with clay, it's, it's fired twice. We do a bisque fire, which is fired to approximately 1,200 degrees mm-hmm. the first time. And that takes about 24 hours from start to finish for it, until it cools down enough that you can get take your pieces out. And then the pieces are glazed, and um, then they're fired again, which is another 24 hours at least from start to finish till it cools down enough. And the second time, what, for what, what I fire to is, is around 2,200 degrees. So it's like Christmas every time you open up that kiln, and <laughs> the glazes going on the on the pieces look nothing like what they come out as. Right. So a, a light blue or a navy blue glaze may come look like a powder blue on the on the piece before you put it in, and mm-hmm. and then mixing glazes and trying to get different effects. It's it's always like Christmas. It's like you can't wait for that kiln to cool down enough that you can take things out and impossible to not want to peek in there and see what things look like. <laughs> so unlike an oven in the kitchen, you can't peek in. There's no window. <laughs> no, there's one little peephole, but when that thing is, the <laughs> kiln is at 2,200 degrees, Ooh, it is yeah. red hot. Yeah. And everything in that kiln is red hot. So yeah, you can yeah. you can maybe try to peek in, but you yeah. can't see right. anything until it's cooled down. Right. Chris mentioned her pottery wheel. Again, that was through the help of the Northwest Minnesota Arts Council. As they support artists like Chris in Northwest Minnesota in many, many ways. And to find out more about their help, what they do, possibly maybe for you, and there's some uh, grant deadlines coming up, all that good stuff, you can contact them. They're located, their headquarters in Warren, Minnesota, and the director is Mara Hanel. Their phone number the last one that I had was area code 218-745-9111, and uh, their website, northwestminnesotaartscouncil.org. And again, for Chris Walvra of Red Lake Falls, contact her on Facebook under her name, Chris, C-H-R-I-S, Walvra, W-A-V-R-A, and she and her hubby have a business, a building now near the uh, lumberyard in Red Lake Falls on the south end of the city, so you can stop on by there and make connections. Very good. Was this painless or was it painless, Chris? (laughs) It wasn't too bad. Well, Chris, thank you so very much. You take care, ignore the snow, and enjoy your spring, okay? (laughs) Okay, thank you. Yep, take care. Say hi to your husband for me. Yep, I will do that. All right, thank you, Chris. Chris Walvra. A Red Lake Falls or update from the Arts Council every Tuesday at 3.05 on Pioneer 90.1.